Earners, what's up? Look, I want to give y'all a little peek behind the curtain of producing Earn Your Leisure. It's a lot more than just sitting down and chatting. It involves meticulous planning, recording, editing, and then promoting each episode to ensure it reaches all of you. And if you picked up any of our merch, then you know there's a whole extra layer of logistics from inventory management to shipping. Running a podcast is like running a small business. And speaking of business, I know many of you entrepreneurs are involved in e-commerce. You understand how crucial it is to streamline operations and cut costs wherever possible. That's why I want to talk to you about ShipStation, the multi-carrier shipping solution that integrates seamlessly with all your online sales channels. It's all about optimizing your shipping, connecting with expert partners, and freeing up more of your time to focus on scaling your business. Now let's talk about our experience with ShipStation. This tool has been a game changer for us, especially with automating routine tasks. Being able to manage everything from one dashboard and print shipping labels with just a click, absolute lifesavers. Plus, the discounts we get on shipping costs are incredible. Honestly, it feels like we're saving thousands. And as our show and merch sales have grown, ShipStation's robust automation and reporting features have helped us keep up without missing a beat. For those of you who get overwhelmed by order volumes, ShipStation's easy-to-use dashboard is a dream come true. You can import orders from any sales channel, apply shipping preferences automatically, and handle customer service issues right there. Not to mention the savings with up to 89% off carrier rates like UPS, DHL Express, and USPS. It's no wonder over 130,000 companies stick with ShipStation long term. So, are you ready to turn your shipping challenges into growth opportunities? Head over to ShipStation.com and use promo code EARN for a free 60-day trial. Again, that's ShipStation.com, promo code EARN. Start streamlining your shipping and scaling your business today. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Earners, what's up? Look, today I want to talk to you about something that's been on my mind, a real weight on my shoulders. You know, we all have these moments, big or small, that just stick with us. When we don't talk about these things, then they can start to affect our lives in unexpected ways. That's why having a space to express these feelings is so important. I know firsthand the benefits of therapy. It's been transformative for my friends and family. Therapy can help you learn crucial skills like setting boundaries and developing coping strategies. It's not just about dealing with major events. It's also about enhancing your day-to-day -day life, allowing you to become the best version of yourself. So if you've been thinking about therapy, BetterHelp can be a great option for you. It's entirely online, which makes it super convenient and adaptable to your busy schedule. You start by filling out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can even switch therapists at any time if you feel the need without any additional cost. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash earnyourleisure today to get 10% off your first month. Remember, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash earnyourleisure. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Head over there now. So, all right, let's talk about this. Um, there is a housing shortage yeah. in America, right? Um, so what does that mean for the average person and how does that affect the real estate market over the next five years? Well, that means that, you know, it's like anything else, supply and demand. The supply is low, the demand is high. So that's why rents go up so But why is there a housing shortage, though? Man, there's been so much politicization 
of housing and real estate, and it's difficult to build. Like you look at some of the markets where it's most pronounced, uh, New York, California, there's this thing called NIMBY. You ever heard of NIMBY? Not in my backyard. People say, yeah, we need affordable housing, but don't build it, don't build it on my street, right? And so um, what that does is it, it, it disturbs the real estate market for that particular city. And we just, by and large, have not built enough moderate and middle income or affordable housing. So, you know, millionaires don't have any problem. They could buy whatever they want to buy, right, or live wherever they want to live. We're talking about the rank-and-file public, um, workers, you know, teachers, ambulance drivers, you know. Um, sanitation workers. Sanitation workers, the rank-and-file public who have good uh, jobs. They work hard, but there's been such an escalation in the cost of rents because of the, sp the supply and demand disruption mm -hmm. that the, these rents are off the table. I mean, if, if 4 million units of housing hit the market tomorrow, all rents would drop but it takes years and years to build it. That's why, you know, it, it, we have this condition because it, it's hard to just increase the supply quickly. You have to have an alignment of politics, of market forces like real estate, uh, um, um, excuse me, like uh, interest rates. You know, interest rates are out of control right now. So it makes it very hard to build. Sometimes you have construction costs going off the rails. Like you, everyone heard about, you know, uh, what was going on with supply chain Project disruptions, America, yeah. you know, last year. So you have all these things that can throw that equation off and make it hard to produce housing. So, you know, right now it's come to a critical point and, you know, particularly elected officials have to get off of the rubric where they want to, <clears throat> you know, almost politicize housing, make all real estate developers evil, all real estate is bad. We have a lot of that uh, narrative coming out of certain communities and certain cities but it doesn't help to do anything because people still cannot find good housing. And the only way to get it is to build it, right? We have to upzone. A lot of communities don't want to go through rezonings and upzone. They say, oh, that, we don't want that high building here. Well, okay, that's your opinion, but we have people sleeping in shelters, right? Mm -hmm. We have people who really need uh, housing. And I firmly believe that housing security for most families is financial security because if people have a roof over their head, there's more money they have to dedicate to healthcare, to education, to other, you know, well-being of the family, taking care of the elderly, everything else the families have to deal with. But if 60, 70% of your income is used to pay rent, cuts out a lot of options, which you could do otherwise. Yeah, when, when you talk about upzoning, I, I was immediately thinking a city I used to work in, in New Rochelle, so we're seeing a lot of towers go up yeah. there. And I'm wondering when, when you're building units and you're adding that to the portfolio, What's the allocation that has to be affordable housing? And, and, and your, obviously, your expertise in the field, are you seeing people just meeting the minimum or people exceeding the amount if there is a, a certain allocation you have to have? Well, first of all, let me say this. Uh, the mayor of New Rochelle and that administration has done it absolutely correctly. They have embraced real estate development and they've used market forces and capitalist forces and real estate developers to help bring that city into the modern era and the wave of development that there is impressive, right? Um, but in other areas, it's not so easy because you have a lot of differing opinions, a lot of, you know, just fights over what should be built, could be built. We don't want that tower here. Um, I think to answer your second question, generally depending, different municipalities have different requirements about how much affordable housing should be built. And usually what happens is 
it's tied to some type of tax abatement or some type of government funding that will be, be provided to the project to build it. We had a scenario recently in Harlem, right? Where, you know, we're very active, we do a lot. And a city council person turned down a developer on 145th Street who bought land and only was required to do 20% affordable housing, but he wanted to upzone uh, the, the project and, and do 900 units. He went as far as 50% affordable housing. Wow. She still voted it down. Why? To, <laughs> wow. Politics. So you think about it, that's the, that's the wrong move, right? I mean, that's 450 families who are not going to have clean, decent, energy-efficient, affordable housing for themselves, right? It's, a, it's an absolute loss, but we see too much of that these days. So let me ask you this. Well, two questions. How do real estate developers get paid? Last. <laughs> <laughs> One word answer. <laughs> well, so what I mean by but that— you get is, paid like twice, though, right? Well, no, real estate developers take all the risks. So what we do? What do you mean twice? So you get—all right. Well, you can explain it better than me, obviously. But from my understanding, you, um, you get a part of the development fee. Yes. Right? And then you ha if you have equity in it, then you can get that as some level of compensation as well. Right. So the equity, the equity that you invest would just be returned to you, right? The equity is, so when you do a project, let's say, you know, like when you buy a house, right? You, you know, you go to the bank and the bank says, okay, um, uh, you know, I want to buy this house. They'll say, okay, Mr. Livingston, you know, you have to put down 20%. That's your equity. Same thing when you do a development deal. The bank isn't going to give you 100% of the deal. You have to bring some equity. Usually, depending on how large the project is, you get into a scenario where the equity is coming from a third-party investor, a limited partner, which is usually a real estate private equity fund. It could be an insurance company or some just investor that has a lot of capital and they have to invest it because they need to generate returns on their capital to pay pensioners or to pay out insurance claims or whatever it is. Uh, so the equity gets returned, but to, to answer your question specifically, a real estate developer would get fees, right? So you get a developer fee. Uh, there, you could get distributions based off of refinancing the project because let's say, you know, like um, you have a project, you do it after 10 years or whatever, rents go up, you have one level of debt, you've been paying down that mortgage, you could refinance, put a new mortgage on, take some cap capital out. But, but uh, more regularly, what happens is once you put the building into service, every month there's cash flow, right? Remember, remember NOI? You have your NOI, you pay your debt, and what remains is cash flow that can be distributed to partners.